Thank you for listening to a student ministry sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about the student ministry or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com. And now, here's this week's student ministry sermon. Hey guys, welcome to Christ Church. My name is Adam, and uh, gosh, it's always good to be with you guys. Uh, I'm going to pray for us this evening. We are going to continue our series called All In, and um, guys, we talked last week about what this season is all about, and the season is really preparing our hearts and our minds uh, for the cross. And so we introduced this concept, this idea of grace, or excuse me, of, of Lent, and uh, Lent is just a practice that, um, of giving up something. Uh, maybe it's adding something, and so we, we, uh, we did that last week, and if you didn't get a chance to partake in Lent or start your Lent, whatever it was that you're going to give up or add, I'd encourage you to, after tonight, to really think and pray through what it is that God's calling you to give up, um, maybe what's God calling you to add that would draw you to Him, and how we can, as a, as a community, how we can uh, prepare ourselves for Easter, and that is the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. So let's pray to Him, let's just give Him all the honor and all the glory and all the praise. Um, let's just prepare our hearts for this evening. Father God, thank you for this place. I thank you for your church. I thank you for the fact that we get to be your church um, and we get to worship you without fear, uh, without, um, God, without anything that's hindering us in our lives or anything that uh, is threatening us. Um, and we can't say that for for a lot of people around the world. Uh, but we can say that about this place, and we can say that about um, this time here. God, I pray that we would never take that lightly, um, that we would give you everything, uh, because you gave us everything. And God, in the midst of that, um, that truth, I pray that we would settle our hearts and our minds to draw closer to you, uh, whether we feel far away, or we feel like we got it all together. God, I pray that you would reveal unto us ways in which to, uh, to give more. Um, and not out of legality or to try to earn something, but just to know you more. God, I pray for that. I pray that we would all know you more. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I was sitting in a Starbucks in Houston, Texas, uh, dressed pretty similar to how I'm dressed this evening. I had a suit coat, um, but I had the whole suit on. And I was ready for a very important meeting, a meeting that I was going to ask a guy for $10,000. All right, so it's not some chump change, it's not a penny, it's not a $20 bill, it's 10 Gs. I'm asking this guy for, for renovation for our student ministry in Houston uh, for a youth space. And he told me before, he said, anything I could do for you, absolutely anything, uh, you let me know. And don't let a price tag uh, hinder you from coming to me. And so I took him at his word. So I called up a meeting. I said, hey, Matt, I'd love to, love to chat with you about uh, what you had said before. We're, we're really in need of, of some money. And, and so I'd like to sit down with you and, and talk you through what exactly we're going to do. So I have my suit on. I'm all ready. I'm pumped for this meeting. I'm kind of I'm freaked out, though. Asking somebody for $10,000, that's a lot of change. So I'm sitting there, and you know, sweat's like beating up on my bald head, and like it's kind of pouring down a little bit, and I'm getting that like little lump in my throat, and I'm ready for him to come in. I have everything prepared for him. He sits down. Hey, Matt, how's it going? He sits down, 
he gives me a, or we give it, he gives me a huge hug. We sit down. He said, you don't need to go through all your stuff. He said, how much, how much are you looking for? I said, you know, Matt, it's, it's quite a bit. I just want to show you exactly what we're going to put your money towards. I have this whole proposal drafted for you. He said, no, there's no, there's no need. What exactly do you need? I said, well, I need, I need $10,000. He said, okay. He pulls out his checkbook. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Pulls out his checkbook and hands me the check. And he said, may this be a blessing to you and your ministry. Thank you for all that you do. He's thanking me for giving me $10,000. And I look at the check. And it's not $10,000. It's twenty grand, And I'm just like, I'm absolutely blown away by his generosity. In that moment, I'm just staring at him, not knowing what to say, but just, I think I said, thank you. Thank you. Oh my gosh, man. Thank you. So I fold up the $20,000, put it in my coat pocket, and I'm just on cloud nine. So I'm sitting there doing some work at Starbucks and listening to some music and finishing up uh, before I go home. And just before I leave, I hear, you know, some commotion around. And I don't look up, but I smell the worst smell that I've ever smelled in my life. It's one of those smells that, you know, it's like immediately when it hits your nostrils, your, your nose hair is kind of just bounce a little bit and you it's one of those smells that you kind of throw up in your mouth and it's one of those like it it kind of comes up and then you have to almost force it back in because that would be completely embarrassing to throw up all over Starbucks I'm telling you guys it is the absolute foulest smell that I've ever smelt in my life and I've been to some pretty nasty places and I look up, and this woman is making a beeline right towards me. She's kind of stammering, looking straight at me. Like, there's nobody, it's like there's nobody else in the Starbucks. There's plenty of people in the Starbucks. She's making a beeline right towards me, just kind of all over the place, but just walking over, and she looks at me. And as she, getting, she gets closer, I can see that she has what I imagine to be human feces on her just caked all over she has this raggedy old shirt and it's pretty chilly in Houston not as chilly as it is here but it's it's cold she's not wearing shoes she looks up at me she's kind of her head's down she looks up at me her earlobes are torn and she hardly has any teeth and her blonde, almost greenish-looking tint hair is all matted. And she asked me for some money. And I said, I- I'm sorry, ma'am, I-, I, don't give, I don't give money. One of the things that, you know, in Houston, you had tons of people ask you for money, and it's the last thing that they need is money. And so I said, sorry, ma'am, I, I don't give out money, but what I would like to do is buy you a coffee. And she was so angry. She stomped her foot at me. She looked me square in the eye, and I will never forget this. She said, all I needed was a friend. She storms out of the Starbucks. All I needed was a friend. 
Jesus says, actually Paul says that Jesus says in Acts 20, it's better to give than receive. And I had this immensely generous gift that I will never have that amount of money on my person ever again. And then to turn around and find myself in the opposite position where I can give and not. And Jesus says, it's better to give than receive. That feeling that I had of receiving, what would it have been like to give in that same way? You know, for us, there's three things that Jesus is calling us out of uh, when it comes to entitlement. Entitlement is, is something that we all face, that we think that we deserve something, right? We think that we've earned it. We, we, we should, not only we need it, but we absolutely should have it, and we absolutely deserve it in every capacity of our lives. And there's three things that are glaring to us, guys, and it's for all of us. It's our treasure, our time, and our treasure, and our talents. You know, for me, time is something that reveals the idols in my life. It reveals the entitlement in my life. Uh, just this week, no joke, just a few nights ago, Sherry looked at me, my wife looked at me straight in the eyes, and she said, you're selfish with your time. I said, what do you mean? I have a schedule. I have things on my schedule. I have, I have priorities. I have a routine. I have habits in my life that create margin in my life. But the reality is, and what we had talked about through her loving conversation with me, was that I was absolutely 100% selfish with my time. That I was so concerned about my schedule and about the things that I had to get done that I didn't get a chance to take time for her or for my four-month-year-old daughter, Olivia. That some things were maybe too important for me to take time out of my schedule. My things that I had to get done in order to spend time with them. Maybe make some sacrifices in that way. I wonder what it is for you in, in, in the course of time. You know, maybe you flood your schedule with the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. You know, maybe you're a three-sport uh, three athlete. That it's just one after another after another. Maybe it's something that um, you, just, you just can't stand to be alone, and so you're constantly out and about, and your every weekend is chock full of activities. You know, maybe it's you constantly are hanging out with friends after school and neglecting other responsibilities. I don't know what it is for you, but I wonder what your time, what, what your schedule reveals about how you may, like me, idolize time. Feel entitled to it, like it's mine. And I can spend it the how I want to spend it. And the only way out of time or out of the entitlement of time is to create space, to create margin, to create peace, to create silence in our lives, to be able to pull away from the chaos and to be able to focus on where God is leading us and who he's leading us to. So maybe it's time for you. Uh, maybe it's treasure for you. You know, treasure is something that, you know, I, I struggle with as well. And we all do. A lot of what we talk about is we want more of it. We don't have enough. And it's in the, in the face of our culture that says, you know what, you don't have enough. You know what, and you deserve more. You need to have the good life. And here's how our world has defined the good life. This is according to Forbes magazine. This is the good life, guys. It's a 4,000 square foot home, maybe something similar to this. That's the start of a good life. But not only that, not only just one home, but it's two homes. This home is a vacation spot, maybe in the mountains or on the beach. 
that is defined as a good life. Um, in Forbes, they talked about three, not just one or two, but three luxury cars. You have the Mercedes, the Infiniti, the BMW. It's also once a week, you deserve this, guys. We deserve this to have the good life. Once a week, we treat ourselves to an upscale restaurant, something similar to this. We also send our school or send our kids to school, not just community school or public school, but private school, something similar to this. And to top it all off, we average 200K for our salary. That is defined as the good life. But I wonder how many of you are living the good life. Maybe a better question to ask is, I wonder how many of you aspire to live the good life, that crave the good life, that every day you wake up and you're just wanting a little bit more. You know, maybe it's the, the latest and greatest KDs that are out. Maybe it's the car that you've always dreamed of. Maybe it's, you know, the clothes, the spinning spree, the shopping spree. Maybe it's the, the latest and greatest whatever. You could fill in the blank, but it kind of consumes us in a way. You know, for me, when I was a kid, it was Jordans. I couldn't, could not, uh, not have the newest and latest Jordans. You know, for me, when I was in sixth grade, I remember this vividly because my, my dad and I argued about my baggy jeans. And in the 90s, there was uh, so the style. It was not the skinny jeans that I have on, but more of a flare. But it wasn't like disco pants that Larry Stout would wear, but it was more of like the completely baggy pants. And they kind of drooped down. Uh, but there's two different brands. There was the cool brand and the not so cool brand. The cool brand was Jinko, so you guys can look that up. The not cool brand was Pipes, um, which is just an awkward name for a pair of jeans or a pair of pants. So I remember my parents would only allow me to have one pair of Jinkos and not multiple pair of Jinkos. And so I remember the first day that I wore Pipes to school um, and just got ridiculed and just felt like I was this, the scum of the earth, the, the most pathetic kid to ever walk the hallways of Tuttle Middle School. But that's what I craved. That's what I desired. So maybe it's treasure. You know, maybe it's hard for you to give $5 on $5 offering night because you're looking at what you could spend on it elsewhere. Or maybe it's your talents, and we all have it. God's uniquely wired us, each and every one of us, to glorify his name, not on our own account, not to build our own kingdom, to build his kingdom. And so I wonder what it looks like for you to use your talents. And so some of you, oh man, I'm super passionate about sports, or I'm super passionate about dance, or art, or theater, or school, or whatever it may be. And, and so you're like, oh, I could use my talents in that way. But I want to think of it a little bit different. And not the things that may be easy, but maybe the things that are the hardest. So for me, it was basketball. I love basketball. And I could, you know, point my finger up in the air when, you know, I, I hit a game-winning three or praise God in an interview after the game or whatever it may be. I was a good Christian in that regard. But what was difficult and what I want us to maybe concentrate on with our, our talents is doing something different. Doing something challenging, doing something that's hard. What was hard for me is to pray with my teammates. What was hard for me is to use my talent in the places that I was in, that God had put me in, 
to, to be a light, to not cuss. You know, I think that just a simple thing like that, to not give in to temptations of, you know, coarse jokes or things that were putting other people down. Something simple. But I wasn't willing to do it. So I wonder what it is for you to use your talents. I wonder what it is for you to use your treasures. And I wonder what it is for you to use your time. To not just give a little, but to radically give. Because here's the picture that we have of who Jesus is. And Jesus, um, to really get an accurate picture, it starts with an accurate view of the gospel. And that is the gospel of abundance. God didn't give us just a little bit, just a, a throwaway. Hey, here's some chump change. Here, no, actually, no, here's not even what you asked for. Here's, he didn't even give us 10,000. He said, you know what? What you need is 20 grand and I'm going to give it to you. And so what he did is he didn't, he didn't stay up in a lofty place, but he himself came in human form in the name of Jesus. And he gave us exactly what we needed. In order to take our time and our treasure and our talents to give back to him in a way that he gave to us. And what's beautiful about this season is that we get to prepare our hearts and minds for the coming of the risen king that gave it all. Philippians 5, or excuse me, Philippians 2, 5 through 11. In your relationship with one another, um, says this, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used in his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself be, by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Jesus gave his all for us so that we can give our all to him. Would you radically give in a way that makes you uncomfortable? Would you radically give to the person sitting next to you but the person that you hate? Would you radically give to the parents that maybe don't deserve it but maybe, gosh, maybe God's calling you right now that that fight that you had this morning, that argument that you had just before you got here, it may have been their fault. But what would it look like for you to give above and beyond, to give your time, your treasure, and your talents to your home, to your school, to your friends, to your enemies, to the people that are in this room, to the people in your church, to your brothers, your sisters? What would it look like to just give it all in a radical way that people look at you and they say, man, there's something different. There's something unique about you. And you point to the cross because God gave it all to you and doesn't deserve our chump change but deserves our all in return thank you for listening to a student ministry sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco for more information about the student ministry or about Christ Church in general visit us online at ccochurch.com